Praise be Jesus Christ. Now and forever. Hi, everyone. This is Father Connolly. And I'm Alexandra Sullivan. And you're listening to Raising Saints, Helping Kids Hear God's Voice. We're going to take your kids' questions on God, the faith, and the church and see if we can answer them. So that all of us, all together, can grow in our faith. Good morning, Mrs. Sullivan. We're here for episode 10 of our podcast. Yes. And we are in Mr. Nelson's eighth grade faith formation class. Yeah. And we're taking questions live. Today. We sure are. This is exciting. Yeah, and you can feel the excitement in the room. I mean, this is just intense. You could you could just sense as soon as you walk in how how alive everyone is here. I'm being a little facetious, but it is Saturday morning, so we understand. But it's going to be a great time. Uh, we have some great questions, and these are wonderful young people, and uh, it's sort of our, our first foray into the uh, the realm of the teenager. <laughs> there you go. I might have the maturity level of a 13-year-old. Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with that when you're 13. But <laughs> no, this is great. We're so happy to be with you um, and to, to do our best to answer your questions. Um, so Should we start with a prayer? Then? Let's absolutely start with a prayer, okay? So how about all of us together in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit? Amen. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. St. Columba, pray for us in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, so we are going to start with... Remind me your name. Daniel. Daniel's question. So Daniel's going to come on up here. All right. My question is, uh, why and how do miracles happen? Whoa. <laughs> That's a great question. Why and how do miracles happen? Um, so uh, I think right off the bat, right, we can think of a, our short answer would be, well, because God Right, that that God is the one; He's the one uh, behind every miracle. Um, very often, the reason is mysterious, only known to Him. Um, but answers to our prayers certainly. But He's the one who causes miracles to happen. But He does them also through instruments like us. You know that we can be instruments of of the miracles that God works. Um, so, for instance, what exactly okay. is a miracle? I mean, do we see, are we talking big miracles, Daniel, or are we talking like something a little bit simpler than that? No, big miracles. Yeah. Like big, big miracles. Like Lord's miracles. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, thank you. If you didn't say it, I was going to say it. Lord's, that's my favorite place in the world. Do you, you all know what about Lord's, right? Our Lady of Lord's, one of the appearances of our Blessed Mother. So in, um, in 1858, um, a, a young girl who was actually your age. Her name's Bernadette. She was totally poor and sick all the time and, and just, yeah, and, and uneducated. Um, she didn't have someone like Sister Marie Pappas or Mr. Nelson teaching her, that's why. But <laughs> um, 
just this, you know, simple, humble, poor girl in this little town called Lourdes in France. And uh, she and a few others were going to get firewood. And she came to a little stream and she said, I have to stop here. She couldn't move any further than that because if she got wet, this is how, how susceptible she was to getting sick. If she got wet and it was cold, she would be totally done, you know, just in bed for who knows how long she'd be so sick. Um, so she's waiting and she basically found herself waiting in what was the, the garbage dump of the town, right? It's um, kind of like a, a little bit of a cave sort of thing. It's called Masa Biel. It's this big rock wall. Um, that's where they dumped all their trash. So the most, the humblest of conditions, right, even down to Bernadette herself. And um, she just was waiting so she wouldn't get sick. But while she was waiting, she noticed, in her words, a beautiful lady. So we've come to know that that was Mary. But she didn't know that at first. So a beautiful lady is there, um, not even speaking, just just being there. And uh, this started this amazing relationship between Bernadette and Mary. And, um, you know, all she could do was just kneel down and, and she could barely even make the sign of the cross. She was so overcome uh, with this experience. But anyway, the point is, through so many visits back to this place to visit this lady, our Blessed Mother, uh, Bernadette, being obedient to Mary, who said, you know, un uh, dig out the, the stream, um, everyone thought she was crazy because they couldn't see Mary. They just saw this girl digging in the mud, right? Um, she went to the spot Mary showed her. She dug up a spring, and that spring was and is miraculous water. So people started flocking there because miracles were happening with this water. Um, they they would bathe in it. They would wash their sick children in it, and, and things were happening. The blind were able to see, um, you know... Uh, the the close to death they were brought back to to life they were um, experiencing such miraculous healing and they still do to this day um, I've been there twice myself and it's just amazing the millions of people who go every year all year round um, because you can wash in that water right and um, so there are seventy recorded miracles in Lords. Mm -hmm. But as a very wise priest pointed out to me, he said, um, okay, well, that's 70 recorded miracles. That's <laughs> that's from all of the, uh, you know, little old Italian ladies who are persistent enough to do all the paperwork and to submit it and to wait it out until their miracle has been officially recorded. But think of how many more miracles must have taken place and must still be taking place uh, as a result. Um, so obviously that's not... Mary working those miracles, it's important to make that right. distinction right away, right? It's God through her. Yeah, she's the great intercessor for us, right? She brings our prayers to God. Um, she brings us directly to her son, our Lord Jesus. Do you guys ever wonder why, you know, he's saying millions of people go there every year, not all of them are getting miracles, right? Right. So one of the things that I think about is, like, well, and maybe this gets to your question, Daniel, why does God offer some people yeah. miracle healings and not others, right? Yeah, and I, I I think what's so important for us to remember there is now when we say the word miracle, right? If you went into your class or something in school and said, I'm going to do a presentation today on miracles, probably every single person in that classroom would say, oh, he's going to talk about 
you know, like Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead or, um, you know, the, the multiplication of the loaves. We usually think, like, like Daniel, you were saying, like the bigger, uh, more dramatic miracles. But those aren't the only miracles, right? Those are the most uh, flashy, if I could use that word, if it's not too irreverent, you know. Um, but those are the most obvious. But sometimes what we have to ask God to help us to see is, okay, God, you are a God of miracles. I know that in your infinite love for me, you want to work miracles in my life. It's not happening the way I'm praying for it. So what's up with that? Right? Sometimes we're praying for um, for these bigger miracles and, and we don't get them. So does that mean God isn't hearing our prayer? Does that mean God's not answering our prayer? And um, I'm so glad we brought up Lord's because I actually, if you don't mind my sharing with you, I had a, a, a personal experience just like that in that very place. Really? Yeah. Um, so there I was. It was my first time going to Lord's and I... Uh, had been studying up on it, you know, before the trip, and I watched the the movie Song of Bernadette, which has, I think, the funniest line in any movie about a saint. <laughs> when they they show when they made the statue of Mary to go into the grotto, and they're they're showing it to Bernadette, and uh, <laughs> I don't know if Bernadette would have actually said this <laughs> in 19th century France, but she goes, "Oh my goodness, she's got a goiter." <laughs> This is so it was a very odd uh, depiction of Saint Bernadette. But anyway, point is, I was thinking, what do I do there? Okay, I, I'm going right. I'm going on this pilgrimage. What am I going to do? Well, as I studied up on all this, learned about the miracles that happen and 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 the the healing and all that. Immediately, I thought of my brother. Mm-hmm. Right. So I have two brothers. My older brother John has cerebral palsy. I don't know if you know anybody who has CP or anything like that, you know. Um, he, uh, thanks be to God, you know, he's doing okay, right? He's he's wheelchair bound. He has a lot of ways in which he does suffer um, every day, right? But by God's grace, he's still incredibly joyful. And so he's good. But there's a lot of pain in his life nonetheless, right? And so immediately I'm thinking of him. I want him to be healed, you know, I, I I want my brother to experience healing. So that was in my mind. And we get there. I've been praying about it and praying about it. And when we get to the baths, which they've built, you know, to be able to wash in that miraculous healing water, um, I said to myself, I, I was so overwhelmed. You know, everyone's saying, oh, you know, this is a great place. Bring all of your prayer intentions. And if you've collected prayer intentions from from people back home, you know, bring them in your heart to that place. So I was kind of distracted from my original prayer, which was simple. Lord, heal my brother. And I'm trying to think of all these prayers people had asked me to pray for, right? And I just was not entering into this experience. I was totally distracted. Uh, But then God is so good. This itself was probably a little miracle, right? But uh, also... Maybe because the water was really cold. But I got in, and I'm, uh, immediately everything else that was distracting me was just totally gone from my mind. Um, the only thing I could think of was, God, if there's any grace to come from this experience, 
I don't want it. If you don't send it to my brother who's at home, I'm going to be really mad at you. <laughs> that was my prayer. And and I didn't, sometimes we think ahead of time, what am I going to pray? That just came to me. So it was, I had no control over that. So I, hopefully God isn't holding that against me that I told him I'd be mad at him, right? We, we talked about that last, <laughs> last episode. Yeah, I don't think he it. minds. Yeah, he can take it. Um, May I ask how old but, you were? This was, yeah, this was just a couple years ago. I was, um, tw- I think I was 20, 20, 21. Not in the seminary yet? Just entered. Okay. I had just entered because I was 19 when I entered seminary. Okay. So long ago. You know, I'm so, hashtag so old. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> no. Um, so anyway, that was incredibly moving, right? And then I went from there, I went to the grotto where St. Bernadette, originally met this beautiful lady and I knelt down and I'm staring at the statue and I just immediately I started weeping I was just crying you know and intensely not like a cute little tear you see from people in movies where it's like oh no so sad no this was like intense ugly (laughs) ugly crying you know Um, because I didn't know what to make of all this but I finally felt free to pray really intensely for this healing you know, for my brother, because until that point, I felt like if it hasn't happened, that's because God doesn't want it to happen right. or something. So, well, no, now I knew he wants me to pray for that. That's OK. But guess what? And I went home and even to this day, my brother's still in a wheelchair. He still has this pain, uh, you know, and obstacles that he faces every day of his life. But I don't believe for one second that there wasn't a miracle that day. What do you mean? I, I mean that. Maybe the miracle was just not the one I was praying for. Maybe the miracle was God opening me up in in this new way that I could now pray to him because I realized I never, in, in, so if it was about 20 years up to that point of living with and loving this, this brother of mine who suffered so intensely every day and I never prayed for him to be healed, that's, right. doesn't that seem a little backwards but I in my mind I just no I can't make that prayer so maybe the miracle was God finally getting through my thick skull and saying I might not answer it the way you're expecting but I'm going to answer your prayers just ask me right Right? isn't that the beauty of of that love of God that just just ask me I think there's a an element to all of us maybe you guys can understand this that we just don't really think miracles happen right so maybe we don't think that healing's going to happen. So yeah. why pray for it, like you're saying? Right. Know? Or we're just going to be disappointed. So yeah. yeah. But also, uh, just to to go back to this example for a second, you know, maybe that was the miracle mm-hmm. that I now I and now I still do every day. I pray intensely for for him and and for so many others. You know, and and now being in a parish, and you get to see right in people's lives the the sufferings and the pains and so the privilege I have to be able to pray for all of you and for your families you know and, and I maybe I wouldn't be able to do that had I not had that experience um, but also what was that prayer I said well God if there's any grace to be had here send it send it home to New York I don't know that he didn't in fact I'm pretty sure he did you know because how else could my brother be so peaceful and so joyful and so patient uh, through through the suffering that he faces, right? Because um, we all know suffering, and it's it it's hard. It's rotten. It makes us feel terrible, and we want to just, you know, 
maybe curl up somewhere and just, but God's grace helps us to be able to deal with it. So maybe that's the miracle. Anyway, Daniel, the point is, I think, um, why does he do miracles? Because he loves us more than we can possibly imagine. He wants us to know him, and that's the way that we we get to know him, that he's he's with us, he's in our lives, he's always accompanying us. How? That's, you know, that's a mystery. That's up to God. Um, maybe someday we'll understand when, when we're with him. Is that good? Yeah. Do you have any follow-ups? Yes. All right. So Sister Marie, um, our illustrious director of religious education here, um, she's with us, and, and she uh, has some, some really beautiful thoughts on this too. So Sister, w- would you uh, tell us what, what you were just saying about how miracles happen? Yes, yeah, so I was thinking um, I liked uh, Danny's question. And listening to your last comment about the how being such a mystery. And it is a mystery. So much of life is a mystery. Human love is a mystery. So I was just thinking about the fact that, you know, God, who always existed, brought everything into being from nothing. You know, he created out of nothing to to share his his life, his imagination, his inner life with us and to bring us into being. And if God can create everything that exists and each of us out of nothing. It doesn't seem to me much of a step at all that God could take some creation that is in some way defective, for example, your brother's disability, and recreate it into wholeness. And I think it's it's because he has the power and the desire to um, bring life to the full and when we turn to him with that kind of absolute trust in his goodness mm. and his power to bring us to wholeness and happiness, I think um, he is himself moved sometimes for his own purpose, great plan for us to actually show us that I created from nothing and I can take what is and make it whole and good and beautiful again. See, I make all things new, right? Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you, sister. So we, we wanted to follow up by talking about suffering. Yeah. Why God allows suffering. So one of the students here would like to talk a little bit yeah. about his mother and yeah. his mother's experience. Thank you, Danny. You seem to be the class spokesman here. Good for you. Let me pass <laughs> Okay, well, my mom two weeks ago had a surgery on her foot because of a growing like bone inside her foot. And a girl four months she had surgery on her knee because it was like grinding away her knee. She can't really walk that well. And I've been helping her out since. Mm-hmm. And I don't really know why it's mm. happening. Yeah, that's just getting hurt. So right. And and now you at how old are you? Thirteen. Thirteen have to kind of help around the house a lot more, right? So why? Yeah, I think. The the first thing that jumps out at me is that very fact alone that now you're you're stepping up right and you're having this experience that maybe you wouldn't otherwise have had. Um, you know, it, it's uh, it's a lot to have to jump in when you're young and and take on these extra roles, helping out your family, um, especially when your family's suffering. But 
Danny, would you say it's helping you to grow? You know, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but how how is this experience affecting you? You know, how is it? Um, wh- what has it changed, if anything, in your in your life? Well, it kind of makes me want to help out people more, mm. so I could like make people happy because right now I'm making my mom happy. Yeah, helping her out. That's beautiful. Yeah, see, so I think, and Alexandra, I'm sure you'd back me up on this, right? But God, of course, doesn't want us to suffer. No. But we can certainly see these good things come from it, right? right? Um, I think also, well. So, for instance, just that experience, how beautiful is that, right? That um, in a world where so many people are so selfish, right? And and that's even us sometimes. We know that that's just our reality. We have to combat that in our humanity, this selfishness, this looking always for my interests. Um, now you at 13 are learning this lesson by helping out your mom that, well, look, when I do this, when I step in and do something kind for my mom and, and help her in this way, maybe going above and beyond the call of duty for a 13-year-old, but nonetheless... You see how happy it makes her, like you said. And and now it's lit this fire in you to want to help others. So who knows what, you know, someday maybe you'll be operating on somebody, you know, Dr. Danny, and, and you could think about this moment when you were 13 and, and you helped mom mm-hmm. who was struggling because of a medical issue and uh, you, you saw the effect that it had, that how happy it made her, how much better she felt. And now think of how many lives you could change with that attitude, right? And that's something that God is calling each of us to, to think about what are these experiences, how are these experiences impacting me, and then what am I going to do with this, Yeah. right? Absolutely, and I'm I'm just thinking, personally, um, I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease about six months ago. So um, I'm relatively young, and I have young kids, so it does kind of impact my daily to-dos. So I was kind of thinking about it as we're talking. I don't often want to do the tasks that I have to do because I really would rather lay on the couch, right? I mean, you feel gross. You feel tired. You, you want to just relax, right? Which is okay, but it's kind of thinking of self first, right? And I have three kids who need me to cook dinner. So I found that it's causing me to learn something that I obviously need to learn, which is unselfishness, because I have to take that suffering that I'm dealing with and kind of push it aside and then do the things that I need to do. So sadly, I'm learning this now. I should have learned it many, maybe many, many years ago, but I think there's even small, like, small little reasons for those things too. Yeah, what a fun time we had with the uh, the eighth grade religious ed class, and and uh, they have great questions. And uh, parents, as you can see, you know your your teenage kids have got a lot of questions. We know that you know that already, but uh, we'd love to hear them. So please record those questions and uh, and send them on over. And if you enjoyed this, please share with friends, share with anyone who might like to hear what we're talking about today. Okay, thanks everyone. God Thank bless you. you.